Blog Talk Radio. Oh, mama, I'm in fear for my life from the long arm of the Lord. Got miles to go before we sleep. Lawman is putting into my running, and I'm so far from my. We will not go gently. Uh, we're going to unleash hell here in December. Oh, mama, I can hear you crying. You're so scared. Welcome back to another episode of the Steelers Hangover. I'm Jeff Hartman, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. With me, as always, my good friend Brian Anthony Davis. Brian, how are you this Monday night? To quote the great Ric Flair, especially since, you, since you've labeled me as the Ric Flair of BTSC, all I have to say after a four-game winning streak is, Woo! That's the way most people felt. That's the way most people felt after that Buffalo Bills game. The Steelers win 27-20. to 20. And like you said, the, the Steelers, in my opinion, they nullify that four-game losing streak with a four-game winning streak to right on the backside of that. And, and it's like they're starting anew. They're 8-5. and five. Uh, Right now they're currently in control of the AFC North. Uh, that could change, obviously. The Ravens are playing as we speak. I'm not going to – you know, I toyed with giving updates during the show as to what the Ravens' score was and – how the game's going and all that stuff. But I think, you know what? The Steelers don't need to worry about that. Now, could it make their life easier? Yes, it could. But ultimately, and we're going to talk about this, I'm sure, with some of the callers we have, ultimately this is about the Steelers, and it's not only just because it's the Behind the Steel Curtain, the podcast is not just because we all we love the Steelers, but it's because if the Steelers win out, they do their job. It doesn't matter what everyone else does. So with that being said, going back to that 27 to 20, Win over the Bills. Brian, I want to know what your knee-jerk reaction was. The game hits zeros. Dan Carpenter kicks the ball a total of two yards straight out of bounds. Funny. But what was your reaction after that happened? Well, you know what? It gave me shades of a few weeks back when Chris Boswell tried the trick, uh, the, the trick onside kick, and it was just a complete disaster and never had a chance whatsoever. But I felt pretty comfortable with the way the team was playing. I know uh, we didn't really have a complete game from the defense, which what we want. But, you know, Jeff, the Steelers are finally becoming the team we thought they could be. Now, they're not – I mean, they're not struggling like they were a month ago. They're gelling at the perfect time on defense. And on offense, on that side of the ball, well, they can beat you in so many ways. Now, for whatever reason yesterday – Ben Roethlisberger, he's just off the mark. But Lev Bell broke the team mark for rushing and carried the team against a very desperate and even more very capable team. So 30 years ago to this month, Jeff, I don't know if you know this, but the group Timbuk3 broke through with a song called The Future is So Bright, i got to wear shades. So Jefferson, break out your Oakleys. I've got my Ray-Bans on. It may be after 9 p.m. where we are. But Corey Hart said it's okay to wear sunglasses at night, and it looks like the Steelers approve that message too. Put them on. The future's looking bright, my friend. Yeah, I, I, I definitely was excited. And this is, to me, uh, you know, as this is, you know, you're someone that only texts me before you get into the game, hey, what do you think, and stuff like that. And I felt good about the game, but I thought this was going to be a really good test for Pittsburgh. And when they came out, they were just guns ablazing, especially on defense, all over the Bills. I mean, for the first time they touched the football, um, you know, the first play from scrimmage for the Bills, uh, Tyrod Taylor gets sacked, they push him backward, there's nowhere to go, and they end up putting the ball away. However, I, I left, the game was over, and I was actually kind of pissed off. And 
I was pissed off because there's no way in hell that score should have been 27 to 20. They should have beaten that team 49 to nothing. And I mean nothing because they didn't deserve to score any points. And I was angry. And I let me stop there and do a quick aside because I understand that a win's a win. I've said that before in the show, and I firmly believe that. And I'm not complaining about a win. However, I can complain about a, a, a couple of things, two, three mainly. Number one was Ben Roethlisberger. My goodness, this guy, the difference between Hinesfield Ben and everywhere else Ben, it's ridiculously night and day, and it's not a good trend. And we're already in the – we're going into week 15. This isn't a fluke anymore, in my opinion. This is, this is a serious problem. And the Steelers, I don't know if they're fixable, but he just plays like absolute garbage away from Hinesfield. The only time he played well was in a dome against the Colts on Thanksgiving night. And so I asked myself, I'm okay, I'm okay with him you know, throwing an interception or two, but my goodness, the red zone interceptions, and after the game he said that one of them was a communication issue with Larry Screen, the second one was more on him. He thought Antonio Brown was going to break his route this way and he ended up breaking it the other way. That third interception, though, the Steelers, I believe, are on like the five-yard line. Beautiful play action. All you have to do is put air under it to Jesse James. It's an easy touchdown. The game would have been over. We can all sit back and relax. And he underthrows it, and it's intercepted. And that's probably the first time in a long time I wanted to take my foot and put it right through my 50-inch television down here in the basement. I was fuming. It's just horrible. The three interceptions against that defense to me is inexcusable. And so I was upset about that. I was upset about the tackling in the second half. I mean, to be honest with you, there was one play I saw on Twitter, and it was the play that – Tyrod Taylor was scrambling for his life. Dupree ends up sacking him and getting him. There were six missed tackles on one play. Six. And now you could have said seven if you count one where I think Mike Mitchell might have just gotten an, an arm on him or a hand on him, I should say. It's just, it was just bad. And I, I don't understand. You are going up into Buffalo, which is hostile territory. You decide to go no huddle, hurry up. That's fine. I get that. But you throw the ball 26 times compared to nine runs in the first half, and it's like they're reverting back to Jim Kelly and the K-Gun offense in a snowstorm, freezing cold. I, I just I don't get it. Sometimes I think this team outthinks itself, and that includes Ben Roethlisberger, but nonetheless, I was happy with the win. But I was also really, really upset about the win and, and the way that they played. I think that there's a good thing, if there's a good uh, silver lining to this cloud that I'm speaking of, it would be that I think that the Steelers have a lot to chew on with this game. That's Mike Tomlin in there. Um, they're going to watch the film, and they're going to see, Roethlisberger is going to see those three picks. Um, the defense is going to see those missed tackles, uh, those missed opportunities. And I think that it's going to be a, something, a situation where they're going to say, you know what, we have a lot to clean up. And that's a good thing. You know, you, you, this team has shown that as high as they get, sometimes they go to some really bad loads following it. And with the Cincinnati Bengals coming up in week 15, uh, that can't happen. Not when you need to win out, not when you want to control your own destiny. So uh, with that said, Brian, I don't know if you want to give your take on, on what I just said, but uh, that was my thoughts. I mean, my knee-jerk reaction was happy for the win, four in a row, I get it. But in terms of making a statement, it, it wasn't a very good one for me. Hey, sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with MyBookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. Hey, sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with my bookie. 
MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. Well, you know what? I agree with part of you, and I'm going to disagree with part of you. Here's the reason. I know we're going to get we're going to get to this more on later in the show, but think about this. Look what you got from the line, from the offensive line, from the blocking that enabled a guy like Le'Veon Bell to break the team record and have almost 300 yards. Look at the way. Uh, you know, Ben played terribly, and I, uh, you know, they were trying to analyze that on Pittsburgh radio all day today. They had a hard time trying to figure out what his problem was. You know, I think with Ben sometimes, we talk about the ups and downs. You mentioned the highest of highs, the lowest of lows with his team. Sometimes Ben Roethlisberger, when he struggles out of the gate early, he, uh, especially in weather, I, I hate to say this from, from a captain of the team, but sometimes – he, like you said, he overthinks it, but he, I don't want to say he gives up, but he's like, oh, I'm dealing with weather. This is going to be my excuse. I'm going to do the best I can, and if it happens, it happens. Well, luckily there were other people to pick up the pieces. On defense, this is a defense that is still working, but it's fantastic to see that this is now the 14th-ranked defense in the league against the run. It's the, it's the sixth-ranked defense against the pass. It's it's number nine. So they're starting to play better. They're starting to figure out who they are, and they're starting to get some confidence, but overwhelmingly cocky. Now, the reason I'm saying this is something happened last night after the game. They were stuck on that airplane for two to three hours before they could even leave Buffalo because of the snowstorm. So Antonio Brown, being the media guy that he is, decided to go Facebook Live for 25 minutes. And I watched all 25 minutes of it. And it was, it was great to see the cohesiveness of this team on the plane. They wanted to get out of there, but they were very high from winning that game. They were celebrating Bud Dupree. Uh, they were celebrating Le'Veon Bell like crazy. They were just celebrating Rosie Nix. They were celebrating everybody. Um, and it was great to see who this team is and watch them just – gel as as a, a total entity and you can feel the heart of this team that they are Mike Mitchell was actually very entertaining and very cool on on the I really uh you know I've been critical of Mike Mitchell but I enjoyed watching him and listening to him yesterday on that plane and it was it was very interesting to see they are completely in this together now and so whether it's not the cleanest of wins whether it's not a complete game that we want of them, they're getting that magic back. That's why I'm excited, and that's why I think the future's bright. And I think they have it in their head, especially after that Dallas game, that it's us against the world, and they're going for it. They're, they're taking that mantra, and they're going. Mitchell and Brown kept on talking about, uh, hey, it's all on us. If anybody's going to uh, say anything, we're, we're just going to step up. And and that was that was the total uh, that, that was what I saw, and that's what you want of this team. They're still growing. This is the team that was still ranked thirtieth about six weeks ago on defense. So they're climbing, but they're getting their footing. They know who they are now, and they're ready to roll, Jeff. You know you're right, and I I, I do want to kind of go back and and, and say something. I didn't want my, my comment about my frustration with the Steelers was not to say that I was completely doom and gloom about the entire game. The offensive line was amazing. Uh, they didn't allow a sack. They only had allowed, I think, one quarterback hit. Um, obviously, 298 yards just by Le'Veon Bell. 
um, outdoes the entire Buffalo Bills team at 275. And so I'm honestly, I was like, there were a lot of good things, and I don't want people to think that. Now, before we go uh, to the phone calls here in a second, you mentioned Antonio Brown's Facebook Live video. You can actually go onto his uh, Facebook feed and watch that again. And if you do get the chance to do so, you have to watch an interaction that happened in the background. And I don't know if you caught this, Brian, because you sent me a text, and I ended up watching it that last night as well. It's, he's, um, Antonio Brown is talking with Artie Burns, the rookie uh, cornerback, and here comes Mike Tomlin. Now, Mike Tomlin doesn't officially get on the video, but you can hear him talking, and he said something about to the guys, yeah, I appreciate your efforts, all that stuff that you hear at the press conference and stuff, and then all of a sudden, he starts getting on Artie Burns, and Artie Burns had a pretty clutch interception in that game uh, right after Roethlisberger's third interception. He kind of gives, gives the ball right back to the Steelers, which equates in a Chris Boswell field goal, and he starts ripping him up about Charles Clay. It was Charles. He was his man when Charles Clay caught that pass and ended up splitting um, the two defenders, William Gay and Sean Davis. But Artie Burns went for the pick and completely whiffed. And he was giving him the business. I mean, he was giving it to him like he was. There was some there was some language definitely in there, um, but definitely worth watching. <laughs> but I, I digress. And I don't know if you caught that, Brian. But if you had, didn't go back and watch it. it it's about the I first five not. minutes, I would say. Okay, yeah, you have to go check it out. Um, but, hey, the show, Steelers Hangover, is a call-in show. If you want to call in, the phone lines are open, 347-850-8581. If you do call in, we're going to ask you for who you're going to give your game balls to. Brian and I will give you hours here uh, probably a little bit later in the show. But when we when you call in, you can give you know, ask questions, whatever. I'm going to say, give me your game balls, one offensive player, one defensive player. So while you're on hold, think about that. And as always, the show is sponsored by Frank Walker Law. Frank Walker, one of the best criminal, actually a top 100 criminal defense attorneys in Western Pennsylvania and Northern West Virginia. For more information, contact frankwalkerlaw.com. We'll hear more from him later on. So that phone number, again, is 347-850-8581. And as always, the first person that's always waiting on hold is our Hall of Fame caller, Vito Mankin from New Jersey. What's going on, Vito? Good evening. I think... uh... We'll always find a negative no matter what happens in the game. But at the end of the day, think about this. You know, Ben may not be 100%. you got to remember the guy's 34 years old. You know, the body's gone through a lot. He's taken a lot of beatings in his career. He's gotten hit a lot. You know, he's you know he's dealt with issues with his legs. You know, he's probably had more injuries than most quarterbacks. And you know what? He still makes the plays when he has to at certain times. But here's the thing I want to let you guys know. God forbid Ben went down and he was out for the year. What option do we have left now? Now we got to hope that our backup guy could take us through the next three games. Nobody feels as confident with Landry Jones as they do with Ben Roethlisberger. So even when he makes those interceptions at the wrong moments, and I saw that, and I don't think they're all on him. Maybe one of them was on him. I think the other two might have just been some miscommunication. I mean, it was probably in the 20s, the temperature was really freezing cold there, and I think what Haley realized was he made adjustments when he saw those little mistakes happening, and that's why they use Bell so much. My other concern is running this guy 38 plays a game. I mean, at some point, we need a backup guy to help out. Well, I hope the Angel could come back next week, because if we're going to keep running this guy 30, 40 times a game, you know, eventually it's going to wear him down too, and he's prone to get hurt. The other thing I think about is when we play the Ravens, if they do stop the run and we're forced to pass all day, can we hang with their defense is what I'm concerned with. So bottom line is I know it wasn't a pretty win, and I know the score could have been different, but at the end of the day, we kind of had control of that game from the beginning. And even when it started getting closer, we did what we needed to do to uh, be victorious, and I think that's what counts. But the thing you guys got to think about is, 34 years old, you're dealing with a quarterback that's gotten hit a lot, he's gotten hurt a lot every year, and you know what? We don't know how many more good years we're going to get out of him. We hope we get three more, but you never know, and you don't know if he's 100%. And when you got 20-degree weather out there in those conditions, it's got to be tough on any quarterback. I mean, you look at Tyrod Taylor, he wasn't having a great day at all. He only started coming alive in the second half. In the first half, he wasn't doing anything. So uh, those are my thoughts, guys. I hope we... uh, Keep rolling, and let's see what happens. Absolutely, Vito. Game balls, offense and defense. Who are you giving them to? You got to give it to the offense. They made they made so well, many big. Who won the offense? One, I mean, give me one player. One player from the offense you're giving a game ball to. 
you, you want to give it to Le'Veon Bell, but at the end of the day, if the, if the offensive line doesn't doesn't open up those holes, he doesn't get through. So um, probably has to go to him because he made so many huge plays for them. I mean, he carried that whole team yesterday. But again, it's always going to be a team effort, so it's hard to give it to one person. I think. So if we had to give a yeah. gamble to someone, you got to give it to the offensive line. I mean, look how much separation they created for him to make those runs. Think about that. I mean, you know, that's something we've been building for years, a great offensive line. And I don't even think Ben got hurt yesterday. Did he get sacked at all? I don't think so. Nope. Nope. So, um, yeah, hey, Vito, as always, uh, thank you for the phone call. We're going to answer some of your questions here. Um, appreciate it. Uh, you know, I think the the bottom line is, is yeah, it could be always it could always be a lot worse. Um, you know, he mentioned what if Roethlisberger went down. Well, if Roethlisberger, Le'Veon Bell, or Antonio Brown go down, and for those who are superstitious, yes, I just knocked on wood. The Steelers are screwed. Period. <laughs> um, you saw that last year. Uh, you know, when um, in the AFC Wild Card game, actually it was before the Wild Card game. You know, D'Angelo Williams goes down against Cleveland in Week 17. Uh, they had lost uh, Le'Veon Bell earlier in the year. Um, it just seemed like it was one thing after the next. Uh, Marquise Pouncey, his injury, um, all that stuff. So yes, if they go down, but you know, Dito was right when he brought up the uh, the game ball. I like how he gave it to the offensive line. Tremendous, tremendous uh, play by them. Um, there's always going to be something negative that you can uh, point out uh, in every game. Nothing's going to be perfect, but in my opinion, I just felt like the way that this team started, the way the Steelers started this game, it was the statement. It, if they would have just put their foot on them and just never let up, it would have sent a message throughout the entire National Football League. I, I, th- I think if you look at the perfect example, is look at the Baltimore Ravens. And a lot of this is just the way the media portrays the team. The Baltimore Ravens last week, the Miami Dolphins go to M&T Bank Stadium and get absolutely – I mean, the, the tar was kicked out of them. I mean, the, the Baltimore Ravens did whatever they wanted. There was never a chance. They never in the game – and and now all of a sudden people are talking about the Ravens as a Super Bowl contender after just one week. Um, and so I, I guess I viewed this game against the Bills as a chance for the Steelers to do something similar. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that I run a pretty prominent website. Um, I deal with commenters every day. Um, I get very sick of the negative Nancys that are constantly saying things like, oh, yeah, but, yeah, but, well, the Steelers left them an opportunity to give another yeah, but, and so that's frustrating. But nonetheless, it is what it is. Um, Brian, what are your thoughts on uh, the whole situation? First of all, I'd like to give a game ball for the show to Vito because I'm telling you what, whether it's a four-game winning streak or a four-game losing streak, he's the most calming influence on me when I hear his voice and hear him explain it. In fact, I'd like to have his number just for the fact when my wife's yelling at me, I want like to call him Vito because I know he'd just make everything okay <laughs> with his words. So I just want to say that I love listening to that man speak. So uh, with, the, with that being said, you know, when has a Mike Tomlin team really blown out other teams? They just don't. I mean, this is a bend-but-don't-break team. And I know I said that earlier on in the year, but that's basically who they are. They came out, and they came out smoking, and they still had three interceptions, but they still found a way to go ahead and just follow that game plan and make it work. They saw that the pass was not working. They employed the pass to open up for the run. And Ben said that after the game. They knew that they were going to that that team was going to just step up and load the box, try to stop the run. So they're like, okay, we got to stretch them out, and it's going to open it up. And that's, that's exactly what they did, even in that weather. Most teams are going to come out and just pound, pound, pound in that snow, and they didn't do it. So I like that. You're going to get some mistakes in the snow. Vito's right. The man is 34 years old, but he's still a winner. I know I was just down on him a little bit ago by saying that uh, – Maybe he was uh, just not feeling it because things were going wrong at the beginning. But you know what? At the end of the day, he's the leader. He's the captain. And uh, that wins on him, too. They didn't, they, didn't lose, they didn't win that game in spite of him. He was a big part of it in a lot of big ways. There's a lot of things that need fixed. Ladarius Green, as exciting as he is and the plays he comes up with, he definitely made a mistake on that, that one interception. And uh, there's a couple other times where he lined up wrong in that game. And that's where the preseason and not having him most of the year is hurting him. 
But as he goes and as as he grows with this team, it's it's going to all gel. Um, we just don't want it to be a learning experience in the last quarter of the season. However, you brought up something that I missed on that plane for that plane flight uh, um, yesterday with Mike Tomlin getting on a rookie after a loss. So that's a teaching moment. But like, hey, congratulations. You won, had an interception, great game, but you can't do this. So that's what we want. That's what we've been crying for from Mike Tomlin this entire year when people were wanting him fired the entire year. We were were begging for it. So I'm excited to hear that. I think this team is still in the right direction, still a work in progress, but Mike Tomlin teams in the second half, I say this every week, they're a they're a two and six six and two type team, um, even when they're at worst eight and eight. And this is going to be another non losing season. The man has never had a losing season as head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's had a couple of eight and eight, and uh, we're we're hoping he's not going to have one this year. And it looks like he's he's going to have a winning season. Um, he's definitely not going to have a losing season. It won't work out that way because of that eighth win. But I just feel like. They're going to teach until the end. They're going to fight until the very end. I wasn't even worried when, when they were lining up for an onside kick. just really wasn't at all. And that's unlike me because I'm the negative Nelly usually. So with that being said, you know, it's okay. We're still not going to have 100%, but if we can, if we can keep on going, get a B-plus, and win the game, there's room to improve. Hey, sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with MyBookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. It's so hot outside. Time to go bowling. Stay cool at Bolero. With air-conditioned lanes, ice-cold beer, and a striking selection of signature cocktails. Roll in, chill out, and have fun. Visit Bolero.com for hours and weekly specials. Yeah, no, I mean, you, like I said, you can't complain about wins. You really can't. And, and they seem to be continuing to improve, especially on the defensive side of the football. Um, they were all over Tyrod Taylor. They ended up with five sacks, eight quarterback hits on the game. Um, some really good pass defenses, obviously, already burned with the interception. I think as a, as a general statement, I, I was hoping that the Steelers would come back um, and beat the or, – or I guess not well, obviously beat the Bills, but win the turnover uh, differential – but they ended up not. They were minus two in that. But, you know, you can go minus two and still win the game. Uh, that says something. We have another caller here on hold. Let's get this person on the air. 832-256-6588. Um, Jeff and Brian, go ahead. What's happening, guys? It's Melvin down in Dallas. How you guys doing? Good, Melvin. How are you? Yay! Hey, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Hey, um, I'm going to take you guys back to 2008. I remember... Uh, a head coach used to say, style points don't matter. Mm-hmm. A win Absolutely. is a win is a win. Now, what we can do, we can grow from it because, let's face it, if this is the worst game being played this year and we win on the road, I'll take it three times on Sunday. Yeah, it shouldn't have come down to an onside kick at the end. I get it. But – if we're going to run uh, Le'Veon Bell 38 times and you worry about getting him hurt, okay, let's let Le'Veon play a full season first before we start thinking about that. We're talking about a guy that got suspended first three games of the year. He's fresh. 
let's I'm running till the wheels fall off if that's what you have to do to win. He's got all off season to get well. This is still a young guy. Now, the offensive line, offensive line did a very good job. They did a they did an extraordinary job. But I'm gonna I'm gonna throw something else out there. How about the job of Roosevelt Nix leading Le'Veon on a couple of those runs? I give Coach Tomlin credit as much time as many times people want to bash Tomlin. And I called in once and I and I thought my only uh, downplay on Tomlin was I didn't think that he adjusted well in games. He did this week. The pass wasn't working. Okay, let's run the ball. Let's run the ball down their throat. Now, when you talk about the defense, game ball, I mean, I'm going to go ahead and give it to Bud Dupree. Uh, Bud Dupree, you know, he missed the first, I won't think, that was the first eight games of the season, slowly brought him back in. He, he had a, he had a good plays last week, played a heck of a game this week. And, I mean, how can you not give the game ball to uh, Le'Veon Bell uh, on the offensive side of the ball? What I would like to what I would like to see happen is I would like for our secondary and our linebacking crew to take the next step and come together. Last week it was the linebackers. This week, secondary. Okay, can we go ahead and get a cohesive unit? And I'm fine if we don't get a cohesive unit until February. That's fine. It's just like March Madness. You don't want your team to peak at round one of the playoffs. And as far as I'm concerned, yesterday was round one of the playoffs for us. We got round two, three, and four before we actually get to the playoffs because, let's face it, gentlemen, we are in the playoffs right now. Yeah, New England's up 9 to nothing on Baltimore right now. But like Jeff said earlier, if we take care of our business, we don't have to worry about anything anybody else does. Would not make me feel better than to go to Jamaica for New Year's and me not have to worry about it, worry about watching the Cleveland game. I could be on the beach sipping my mojitos because I know we've already clinched the division <laughs> on Christmas Day. I don't even care about Cleveland. We can rest all our starters uh, when we get ready to play. That's, that's what I'm hoping for. But back to Mike Tomlin, there are three – there's only one franchise in the history of the NFL and the Super Bowl era – that has three coaches that have 100 wins. He is the he is one of seven coaches in the history of the NFL to win 100 games in 10 years. I get so sick and tired. Do I agree with everything Tomlin does? No, I'm not supposed to. We're supposed to get angry at our head coach. We have we have a very smart fan base, and we're spoiled and we're used to winning. But time and time again, uh, to uh, Brian's point. Yeah, in the second half, we kind of let off the gas a little bit. Sometimes we get a little too a little too conservative. But when uh, an earlier point said, "Who gets blown out?" I tell you, who gets blown out? The Rams get blown out. We blow, uh, the Browns get blown out. Now that blowout we had against Kansas City, the Kansas City team that we played in week what was that two, three? That's not saying Kansas City team is playing right now. So that's a watch. Just because we don't blow people out as much as I would like to, those guys on the other side of the ball, they get paychecks too. They still got people that they got to report to and be like, hey, I'm ready. I want this, I want this uh, $15 million contract. Well, you didn't perform. You know, like when everybody's talking about the Jets last week. But, uh, gentlemen, as always, I enjoy talking on the show. I'm always glad when I follow Vito. I don't, I've got this Southern draw, so I'm not as common cool and calm and uh, Vito is, but I really do, I really do think that uh, the only game that I'm going to tell you this next week against the Bengals, you know what, hopefully we don't go in there and lay an egg. I know it's bad blood and I know that's almost like a home stadium for us because we haven't lost in Cincinnati in a while, but I just hope that Mike Tomlin, I know he's telling them, but I hope the players buy in to we need to deal with the Bengals this week. We're not worried about the Ravens right now. We can't be looking a week ahead. We need to concentrate on the game that's coming up next Sunday in Cincinnati because we mess around and lose that game in Cincinnati. That Christmas game might not matter as much. So we need to take care of what we need to take care of this week, smack the Bengals down, then we can talk about uh, the Ravens. 
But uh, appreciate it, guys. Hope you guys have a good rest of the week. Hey, you too, Melvin. Thanks for calling. And um, I'm just going to assume that my plane ticket is in the mail to uh, head out to the uh, tropical tropics. Man, doesn't that sound nice? Gosh. It was snowing here in uh, western Maryland. As Brian, I know that you know, and it's been cold as hell, and it, it's December football. He's talking about drinking the heaters on a beach. Good Lord, that must be nice. But anyways, I digress. I, I do want to say one thing about Ben Roethlisberger, is that as bad as he played yesterday, and people want to talk about QBR, passer rating, and all this stuff, and it was bad. It was every bit as bad as the numbers indicated. But you know what? Looking back, and, and this is just mentally going back through the game and kind of cataloging things like I always do, he made some throws when he had to. I think back in the third quarter, I want to say it might have been a third and nine, third and seven. That sounds about right. He hit Kobe Hamilton for a 15-yard pass, first down, kept the chains moving, ended up in a Lady on Bell touchdown. Uh, earlier in the game, it was a deep throw to Antonio Brown that was on the money. So at least now what you're seeing from Ben is – it used to be you had good Ben and you had really bad Ben. And I think that now even really bad Ben is still a winnable Ben based on the fact that Le'Veon Bell is who he is. And so I think that's good news for the Steelers. But you know what? You guys brought up, um, and, and Melvin brought this up, and I wrote an article today um, which caught a lot of buzz for some reason on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Um, it was about how the Steelers' offense needed to be more balanced. And it had been balanced. Now, Brian, I'm going to throw some statistics at you. If you didn't read the article, um, if you did, well, then just be quiet and listen. Um, Those are these numbers in terms of total total pass attempts to rush attempts. So in the Cleveland game, which is what started this streak, they threw the ball 36 times and ran it 28. That's pretty balanced. Pittsburgh versus Indy on Thanksgiving. Pass attempts 20, rush attempts 29. Again, pretty balanced. Pittsburgh versus the Giants. Pass attempts 36. Rush attempts 29. So throughout the three-game winning streak leading into week 14, they had been very balanced. Now, you're not going to get a complete exact 50-50 split. That's about as close to as balanced as you get in the NFL. But so what do they do? You know, something's been working so well. So got them to this point, three games in a row. What do they do? They come out in the first half against Buffalo, pass attempts 26, rush attempts 13. Two to one, pass to rush in a snow squall, freak snowstorm. And what the score at halftime, 14-7, to Roethlisberger throws two interceptions in the first half. So then they come out in the second half. What do they do? They completely flip the script. They throw the ball five times and rush 29. So you add everything up, and it looks like, oh, well, they're pretty balanced, 31 pass attempts to 39 rush attempts. I'm not counting the kneel downs at the end of the game by Roethlisberger and the rushes. It wasn't even close to that. And so what I'm trying to what – the reason for writing the article wasn't to say that the Steelers need to be this run-heavy, run, chain it down your throat style like they used to with Bettis. No, they just need to be more balanced. Go back to the offense that was on the field the previous three games where you're going to run Le'Veon Bell and then you're going to still work the ball down the field to players like Brown and even Eli Rogers with Darius Green. The balance – is what the Steelers need to focus on, in my opinion, on the offensive side of the ball. Le'Veon Bell can do it all. That doesn't mean he has to do it all. That doesn't mean Roethlisberger has to do it all. Spread the love around, even it out. That is the recipe for success, in my opinion. What do you think about that, Brian? I agree with you 100%. Um, I did read your article, so I can be quiet. But, uh, you know, that's (laughs) good game planning. And you know what? Like I mentioned earlier, you know, Ben came out and said it was it was by design. That passing was to you know, put them on their heels and realize they they could be beaten that way. This is not a bad defense that they play. And Melvin's right. You know, I mean, they do get paid. They have one of the leading tacklers in the league on that team. They have linebackers that are tough. They have Marcel Darius. I mean, he is a pro board. They were missing a big piece of that puzzle with Kyle Williams being out. But those defensive backs, you know, they were talking in this game about going after Ross Cockrell, um, and they were talking about the fact that, hey, the Bills were stupid. They let him go. Look, I mean, even though Rex Ryan came out and said, you know, we made a mistake on Ross Cockrell, did you really? Because you had you have Ronald Darby and you have Stephon Gilmore. Those guys are really tough. That is a great quarterback tandem, one of the better in the league. So that's a tough team to play. 
So I like like you said, I'm not as concerned about everything, but I do want to want to mention something. I want to ask Melvin a question. I mean, uh, did you hack into my iPad, or do you have a special? You have something that you could hack into my brain because I have five or six notes written down that you copied and covered every single one of them. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I mean, I think the fact I deserve to go to Jamaica with Melvin um, because we were born in the same year. I remember that from earlier on in the year. And so I think that we're actually separated births. I saw twins today. It was on TV. I saw a little bit of it with Danny DeVito and Schwarzenegger. Maybe that's us. Maybe we are completely separated <laughs> first, and I think I should be sipping mojitos with Melvin. Because I'm telling you, as soothing, I, I mentioned DeVito being soothing. I want to party with Melvin. I bet, you, I bet you he's such a fun guy. So, I mean, I love our Steeler callers. I love our BTSD uh, audience out there. And uh, you know what? They're, they're definitely on point with what we're thinking. To quote Kramer from the 1992 episode, The Contest of Seinfeld, I'm out. <laughs> oh, that's the best. I want to say this what in that episode, not to get on a, on a tangent, I want to say that someone did the math once. It was one of my college roommates. I think it was 29 seconds that he leaves the, the room for the contest <laughs> and comes back in, slams the money down and says, I'm out. I know exactly what you're talking about. But anyways, uh, let's take a quick break and let's hear a word from our sponsor. Smart or stupid? Those strobing lights in your rear view? That flashlight shining in your face? License, registration, and insurance, please. The little adventure you're about to have with this guy? Uh, I'll need you to step out of the vehicle, please. Okay, so you've done something stupid. Fix it with a smart move. For DUI or criminal defense, call Frank Walker of FrankWalkerLaw.com. He knows his way around a courtroom. 412-532-6805. 412-532-6805 or FrankWalkerLaw.com. Done something stupid like not star Le'Veon Bell in your fantasy football matchup? Well, Frank Walker can't help you with that, but if you do something really stupid, he could be, uh, could be able to help you with that. So, with that said... Let's get to another caller. If you want to call and you still can, the phone lines are open, 347-850-8581. I promise I won't tell you what's going on in the Ravens and Patriots game unless you want to know, but let's get this caller on the air. 413-475-4410. You're on with Jackson Bryan. Go ahead. Hey, guys. How's it going? Uh, this is Neil from Western Mass. How you guys doing? Good. How are you doing? I'm good. I, I love watching Bell yesterday. I mean, he is I don't I still it still surprises me how people think that he isn't the best back in the league. There's guys like Ezekiel Elliott and David Johnson, but watching him run, he just it's like it's like water going down rocks. He is so smooth the way he plays. Um he's an unbelievable player. I'm I it's it's amazing. He's he has so much potential and if he if he stays away from the bad stuff, and if he can get over his injury bug, then I think he can he can really be special. But um, about the game yesterday, I thought that we played a really good game in the first half, aside from Ben. And then the second half, the defense obviously was not where it was in the first half. The tackling was miserable, especially on that Charles Clay um, touchdown and on the uh, – big with Sean McCoy play. Um, but, I mean, you know, that's how deep, that's how the Steelers even is going to play. We're young, we're inexperienced. you got to expect a few broken plays like that. I think that, I think that the game ball on offense, I mean, I, I couldn't be, couldn't be any more obvious. It's definitely Bell, you know, 300 total yards or whatever. But um, on defense, I, I think I should split the ball between Dupree and Shazier. Uh, Shazier was all over the place making tackles. I think he had a sack. And Dupree finally, finally broke out. I was waiting for him to do something to his first two or three games coming back from that injury. And he finally did it, so I'm very proud of him. Yeah, I mean, those are good game balls. But, you know, you, you, the first thing you said when you called was about Le'Veon Bell and how some analysts and media uh, are not giving him the credit that he's uh, due. I, I think a lot of that is multifaceted in terms of their reasoning. Um, one of our Twitter followers mentioned that Adam Shine, who I'm not too fond of personally, said that he would take 
Ezekiel Elliott, Johnson, and then even I can't think of the Falcons uh, running back off the top of my head. Devontae Freeman. Yeah, he would take Freeman over top of Le'Veon Bell. And, I mean, that might be the most absurd thing that I've ever heard in my life. And it it got brought to my attention by someone else as I was posting this on Twitter and saying, this guy, is he must be a stand-up comedian. And I think he may, he said, you know, hey, people will say this stuff because they want to create a buzz. They want to, they want us to talk about Adam Shine on our podcast, which is exactly what we're doing. And so it works. Um, I don't think anyone in their right mind would say that Le'Veon Bell is not the most complete. There are running backs that do certain things better than him. Um, for instance, uh, a Darren Sproles might be better in space than Le'Veon Bell, although, I mean, his news yesterday might be a, a competition that, that might be tough. But here's the thing is that I wrote an article, a film room study on him earlier in the season. I think it might be after that Kansas City game, and I wrote just about how looking for weaknesses in, in his game, it's I really struggle. And the only thing that I, I guess I could agree upon, and this is Steeler fans, so behind the steel curtain was we're talking about it, and um, it, it really was it came down to maybe he doesn't have the elite speed. He doesn't have that breakaway you know, give him a, a just a glimmer of daylight and he's gone. And he might not have that. You know, there's a reason why his 20 yards or more runs are very low compared to everyone else in the league. But he grinds them out, and he, he, he gets his five yards, six yards, seven yards. Other than that, I cannot think of a weakness in this guy's game. He, he can run professional routes. He can certainly catch the ball to the backfield. Great in the screen game. Great running inside. Great running outside. Good power. Um, great with blitz pickup. That's part of his game that never gets recognized as it should. Le'Veon Bell is a complete package. Uh, Brian, can you find a weakness in Bell's game, or do you agree with my sentiment? You know what? I really can't. He is the most patient running back I ever seen. His running style is almost completely upright. It's amazing, but he knows how to find those holes. I just love watching him. Now, when we're talking about him versus the number one rusher in the league, Ezekiel Elliott, you know, think about this. Zeke right now has 1,392 yards. Bell has 1053. Now, he's averaging 105.3 a game. So if you go ahead and uh, take that times three, you're looking at 316 more yards. So you add that together, you have 369, and he's 24 behind Zeke Elliott at this point. Now, he's a few touchdowns away. He has, uh, he has six rushing touchdowns. He has uh, a couple more in the air, um, to one or two more in the air, to the 12 of Ezekiel Elliott. So if you do the math there, you're looking at about somewhere between 12 to 9. So very close to what Zeke's doing. You know, I, I would almost consider him – as an MVP for the league, and I would think he's at least, you know, at this point, top three to five. That is how good he is the MVP of the team. If anybody else wins the MVP award of this team, I will be absolutely shocked because right now it is Le'Veon Bell, and he single-handedly won that game without him yesterday. I mean, I don't care how well the line did, and the line was fantastic. D'Angelo Williams is not doing what he did. And D'Angelo Williams has filled in very well, but he still doesn't give you what Le'Veon Bell does. So Juice, for me, is the guy right now in the league. The reason he's not getting the respect is just because of the trouble he has been in. We're just hoping that's past him. And, uh, but the guy's 24 years old. There is nothing that he can't do. And when it comes contract time, I know they're talking about franchising him, but you better wrap this guy up. He's rapping about it, but you better pay me. And you really need to, you know, to look aside and decide deep down in your front office heart whether you want to um, completely put the future on this guy. And right now, it looks like you have to. This guy is complete. Yeah. Uh, Caller, anything else before we let you go? Um, that's it. I really love calling in. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me guys. Have a good night. Hey, no problem. Thanks right. for the phone call. Have a good, uh, have a good evening. You know, you bring up Le'Veon Bell next year, Brian, and it's an article I've been meaning to write. This news broke, sadly, the same time as Deflategate 2.0 potentially, uh, broke. 
for the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers right before kickoff. And it was from Adam Schefter on ESPN that the report is that the the salary cap for 2017 could potentially go up about $10 million or so, give or take. There was a there was definitely a range there that they were predicting. And well, what you see here, is, and a lot of fans might see that and think, no, that doesn't mean anything. For the Steelers, for once, it does mean something. The Pittsburgh Steelers now, with if that number is correct, I read online that they could have anywhere from 35 to 40, $40 million in salary cap space in 2017. That's significant. It's significant for any team. It's significant for the Steelers when you have players like Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell who you want to get locked up. Now, the only issue is is they're also going to need some pass rush to a guy like DeMarcus Ware who's going to be on the market. Uh, he's older, but he is still someone that could come in and play now. Um, but you have to be able to have the money for it. And so this is where I, I say, okay, could the Steelers sign Bell with that and Brown and then possibly go out and get a free agent pickup? I don't know. Uh, free agent, or I'm sorry, a franchise tag on someone like Bell is going to be about $12 million for one year. It's going to be interesting if they do, but they're going to have some funds allocated to them that they haven't had in the past. A lot of the dead money we're talking about, Cortez Allen, Lamar Woodley, it's all off the books now. Um, and the Steelers are finally going to have some space to actually do some damage. So uh, with that said, um, let's get to our game balls. The phone lines are open. If someone wants to call in, 347-850-858. When it rains, hit the lakes. Experience the best in weatherproof fun at Bolero. Bowl, play games, and treat your taste buds to Bolero's signature menu. Don't get wet, go bowling. Visit Bolero.com for hours and weekly specials. It's so hot outside. Time to go bowling. Stay cool at Bolero. With air-conditioned lanes, ice-cold beer, and a striking selection of signature cocktails. Roll in, chill out, and have fun. Visit Bolero.com for hours and weekly specials. One. Brian, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Now, everyone, we've had multiple callers, uh, said Le'Veon Bell, offensive line. Think, think, think. Who are you giving game balls to? You can take the same. It doesn't matter. But who's your offensive, who's your defensive game ball? Well, you know what? I'm going to pull it out of the bowl, but I'm going to tell you what I was going to do in the first place. You know, Le'Veon Bell is the obvious, you know, obvious pick for this week. So I can only think it's appropriate to give a secondary game ball on offense since we have, you know, we're always having drinking references on a show called The Hangover. Let's call this The Chaser. So Mike Chaser is going to somebody that's already picked today, Roosevelt Knicks. Now, he not only paved the way for Juice, but he was so punishing on special teams. So cheers to number 45, Roosevelt Knicks on offense. Now, here's something that I heard on that uh, Facebook Live yesterday, which I keep coming back to it because it was such great insight that you're not getting from the talking heads and from the interviews. But Le'Veon Bell was talking about how Roosevelt Nix, somebody got in his face. It was number 51, uh, Brandon Spikes on the bill, and really picked him off yesterday. And so he was even more fired up because, uh, you know, he was saying stuff about Nix. And that's one of the reasons he was plowing even more. So, basically, I'm going to give a half of the game ball to Brandon Spice just for being a knob and uh, going and uh, making Rosie mad. Just look, Rosie's a former linebacker in college. Don't make Rosie mad. But, you know, at this point, Cincinnati, Baltimore, Cleveland, you can make Rosie mad. I, I'm all for it. Um, but, you know what, since I do need to call an audible here, I'm going to go with B.J. Finney. Uh Stepped in for uh, the big ragu. Look, Ramon Foster was a great signing in the offseason, getting him for another three years. He's absolutely dominant on that right side of the line. And earlier in the year when he was gone, you definitely felt it. You felt a lack of depth. And we talked about the lack of depth on the offensive line um, earlier in the season, especially during the losing streak. But now, look, Finney looks like a younger version of of uh, Ramon Foster, and he he played very good ball. He was uh, he was pulling. He was just knocking people around. He's found himself in Pittsburgh. This is a guy that's not going to be on the bubble anymore, and he really stepped up. Look, you can give a game ball to the entire offensive line. You can give it to Mike Munchak, but I'm pulling my audible, and I'm going B.J. Finney. So on the defense, I've got four words for you. 
this Bud's for you. So number 48, this game ball is for you. Yes, Alvin Bud Dupree, he's back, and he's bolstered this defense since he's returned. They're undefeated since he has been back, and week after week, he's finding his footing more, Jeff. He registered two sacks yesterday. They were giving him credit for three on the plane, but he had two sacks, and with Bud and Stephon Tuitt on the left side of the defense, it's going to be really tough to break on through running right. And LaShawn McCoy found that out in a big way yesterday. So Nixon Dupree for me. Those are my game balls. I'm not going to pull an audible on defense. I'm just going with Bud Dupree. There's another guy that I think you're going to go with, a young gun, but I'm going to let you try it. Well, you know, I'm going to call an audible on both. I mean, offensively, you guys basically said everyone that you could possibly name, uh, Le'Veon Bell, the offensive line, DJ Finney in particular, um, you could say Roosevelt Nix. You could say even the tight ends have pulled a lot. Well, I mean, the, the tackles especially. I mean, I think you look at when was the last time someone complained about Marcus Gilbert or Alejandro Villanueva? I mean, think about it. It just hasn't happened because they've been unbelievably solid. Um, you can't ask for anything more than your, from your tackles than to not be a topic of conversation, and that's exactly what they've been. But I'm going to go, and this is going to be one game ball, for both offense and defense, you'll probably know where I'm going with it. And that is um, the defense that, you know, you could have said Sean Davis, Hardy Burns played well, tackled well again. Um, I would, the defensive line would be worthy because, you know, you're going without Javon Hargrave. They decided to not promote Rashad uh, uh, Lyons from the practice squad. Um, they instead going with Ricardo Matthews, L.T. Walden, and Daniel McCullers, along with Stephon Tewitt. You, you could go a number of ways. I'm going to give it to Mike Tomlin. And that's something Ben Roethlisberger did. Um, I've always liked Mike Tomlin from the moment that I heard that they hired him. And I didn't know who he was at the time. I don't think many people outside of Minnesota did. I said to myself, you know what? I like this guy. I, I don't want to tell him John Gruden. You know, I like that guy. But basically, I, I think that he is the perfect coach for this team. And a lot of people don't like his, uh, his mannerisms and his uh, – he can be a little – not egotistical, but he can have an arrogant streak to him, and he can be confident on the sideline and pound his chest and point at the camera. You know, all that stuff that's great for all those gifts out there. But still, the guy has just won 100 football games in 10 years, and he joins a very, very short list of coaches who have done that. I think that, honestly, it's um, it's impressive. And the Steelers have had three coaches um, all go for 100 wins. Obviously, Chuck Noll, Bill Cowher, and Mike Tomlin – it's worthy of praise. People can say what they want about, well, he won with Cowher's team. And I know that Ed Duchette, he, Lord forbid, he welcomed another coach that's not named Noel into the, into the fabric of the Steelers organization. But, you know, he said, oh, well, Noel won with his previous coach's team, and they were horrible. Actually, he did. In his first year, they were god-awful, and then he got rid of all those players and started drafting really well. But still, it's – it's that win, it's, it's that 100 wins, it's those three coaches, the statistics that you saw flying around today about how this, the, the Steelers compared it, compared it to the Browns and how the Browns' last three coaches have won 14 games and the last three coaches for the Steelers have won over <laughs> 400 games combined. Um, it was just great. It was great to be a Steelers fan. I'm super proud of Mike Tomlin. I'm super proud to be uh, writing behind the, sort of behind the steel curtain during his tenure with the team. I know that a lot of people don't agree with that. I do. I'm giving my game ball to Mike Tomlin. What do you think about them, Apple? That's called an audible right there. Uh, well, well, goodwill hunting there, uh, Matt Damon. Um, but actually, you know what? I can't disagree with that, Jeff. That is a, a great game ball. And you know what? The guy deserves this credit. But here's the thing. You know, Steeler Nation is spoiled. We talk about it all the time. But I have a lot of friends in this area that uh, – Heaven forbid the Ratbird fans because of where we live, but they hate John Harbaugh, which is actually surprising <laughs> because that guy came in and won with his own team. Um, I still think uh, I still think Mike Tomlin won with his own team, and Ash actually had a very good opportunity. Really had a good shot at winning that Green Bay game in uh, Super Bowl Forty Five, and that was his own team at that point. So you know what? I think that's a bunch of bull. Um, when people bring that up. But when you are in the top 40 all-time in the NFL in coaching wins, you're doing something right. So my point on the Harbaugh thing is 
everybody's looking at the negative and they're not happy because they're, they see a loss and they expect these guys to be perfect every single week. They expect their team to be 16-0. and It's impossible. Vito said it earlier. The other team's getting paid. So Mike Tomlin, you can say what you want, and we said it on this show. We got frustrated. We questioned him. We questioned ourselves through supporting him earlier. But when it comes down to it, Mike Tomlin's a winner. These, these guys here are not – they're not Bill Coward's guys. They're not Chuck Knowles' guys. They're Mike Tomlin's guys, and they are winning the football game. If they were in the – I mean, if they weren't hurt in the playoffs, national media thinks that they were going all the way last year. You know what? I know if and but, candy and not, but you know what? Probably would have happened, but it wasn't to be. This year, it could be to be because they're gelling. So I like the pick of Mike Tomlin. Kudos to you for, for being bold and going with it. You know, I, I think you know you brought up a lot of different things that people talked about. Oh, he won with Cowards and whatever. I think one of the biggest knocks on Tomlin that really bothers me is how they say that he doesn't – that he and Colbert are horrible at drafting players. And everyone has those draft classes that are just ridiculously bad. And I think David DeCastro is the lone – player from the 2010 draft, I believe, and that says something, but at the same time, not everyone is hitting the ball out of the ballpark with these draft picks. You look at the players that he has drafted that have stuck around that are a huge part of the fabric of this team. We're talking Lawrence Timmons, we're talking Cam Hayward, David DeCastro, as we mentioned, Marquise Pouncey, Marcus Gilbert. Um, I could go on and on and on. And then you even look at the most recent draft class, and for crying out loud, he has three, his top three picks are, are basically three starters on the defense. And it's not because, well, there's no one else there. Daniel McCullough could be playing those tackle, but Javon Hargrave beat him out. William Gay could still be on the outside, but Artie Burns beat him out. Robert Golden could still be a safety. Sean Davis beat him out. And so I think that is tremendous, and that's it, it's honestly, it's a really, really bad narrative, in my opinion, for the um, for Steeler Nation to say that about Tomlin and for Colbert. But nonetheless, we are coming down from our high, from the, the win, obviously, this Sunday. And now it's time, Brian, it's an alcohol-themed show, I guess. So let's uh, the bartender's calling for last call. What is your last call for tonight for the Steeler fans out there? Well, Barkeep, you know, I mentioned earlier, I'm still looking for a complete de- a game from the Steelers' defense. And, you know, here's the bottom line to me, Jeff. It's the problems on defense just don't seem to be as glaring as they were six weeks ago. That's because they handled one of the top backs in the league in LaShawn McCoy yesterday and appear to be a cohesive unit. And I mentioned that plane ride seem like a cohesive unit now, and they're doing their individual jobs. When you ask James Harrison, why is the defense playing better? because everybody is doing their job for the most part is what he said. And it's starting to show. It's starting to show on the defensive rankings, and it's just starting to show on the TV screen when we're watching the games. So, you know, a couple weeks back, Jeff, I adopted that 2005 Bill Cowher philosophy of a one-game series each week. That's something that Melvin touched on a little earlier. You know, it's got to be that way. For me, the wild card is not in play. Do not talk wild card right now. You need to win that division. They pretty much have to win out and win the division in my mind. Now, Baltimore is winning out in my mind if the Steelers don't beat them. That has, I don't know what's going on on the screen. I'm going to go watch that game as soon as I hang up from you. And it's the WWE, they don't exist tonight. It's Baltimore and New England. That's all I'm watching in my house tonight. I'm not even flipping channels and, and commercials. That's the game. But they have to take care of business themselves. You know, stockings may be hung this time of year. Your carols are being sung, Jeff, but there's no black and gold Christmas without the Steelers beating the Bengals first. This is their Super Bowl for the Bengals, so spoil it before they can spill your eggnog, Jeff. Beat the Bengals. Think about the Bengals only. And after that game, you worry about Baltimore. No, I can't agree with that, and I think that kind of is a perfect tie and perfect segue. You know, I do a, a short podcast a couple times a week on my own called The Steelers Connection, and um, one of the themes that I'm going to talk about is 
later in the week is how this upcoming stretch for the Pittsburgh Steelers, in my opinion, is is the perfect stretch for them to really make a run, to win out, and to not have to worry about anyone else and, and take care of business on their own. You have the Cincinnati Bengals coming up, and Vontez Burfitt's first time playing Pittsburgh since that wild card game in Cincinnati last year. Um, you've got Pac-Man Jones, who just acts like a fool on a regular basis, and there's no bad blood there. And so I think if there's a team that's going to get their attention after a big win and after winning four in a row, it's going to be the Cincinnati Bengals. And then after that, at Heinz Field, you come back home. You have, they've played one game at home in the last five. They're going to come back home to finish up the season. And who do you have? The Baltimore Ravens on Christmas Day, primetime game. Yeah, that's going to get their attention. So a lot of people, you know, they, they say that the letdown games happen when the Steelers aren't interested or they feel like they're just going to be at a walk. It's not going to happen in these next two games. Would it be in a Cleveland game? Possibly. But in my opinion, that Cleveland game can mean absolutely nothing if they take care of business. So keep that in the back of your mind. This stretch run, in my opinion, is perfect for the Steelers. They are a team to be reckoned with, and they are a team that's going to be focused. You can definitely see that cohesion, as you talked about, on the uh, Antonio Brown getting the look inside. And so with that said, take it one game at a time. Think back to Coach Cowell in 2005, wiping the slate clean and just writing one game at a time. And the next one up, the Cincinnati Bengals, they go for a, a season sweep of the Bengals. It's a big game for a lot of reasons. And hopefully we'll be back with you on Monday to talk about it. Now, just a reminder, the game was flexed out. If you have an old schedule, you're looking at that Sunday night game saying, oh, well, I'm going to run prime time. No, the NBC and NFL decided they would move the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Dallas Cowboys to prime time, and the Steelers and Bengals will be a 1 o'clock kick next Sunday in Week 15. So, folks, Hopefully we'll talk to you on Monday after the Steelers' fifth straight win and put more pressure on the AFC North race. In the meantime, for Brian, I'm Jeff. We'll see you next time. Bye. When it rains, hit the lakes. Experience the best in weatherproof fun at Bolero. Bowl, play games, and treat your taste buds to Bolero's signature menu. Don't get wet, go bowling. Visit Bolero.com for hours and weekly specials. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, Maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. <laughs>